I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WCTs after further review. Man, it's it's been really, really crazy week. I would compare this, and I don't know how, how old are some most of our listeners are listening. It's probably second closest to 9-11, where just the uncertainty of what's going to happen next and how is this going to affect the country. I mean, the country pretty much... Turned upside down uh, after 9/11. Actually, uh, I tell people all the time, UPS still stayed open during 9/11, even though they were scared about the anthrax. But I remember for for a couple days after 9/11, the the planes were shut down. They were grounded, and it was limited travel. And you just remember, you know, leaving work and going home, and the streets were just empty. And I kind of felt that kind of way uh, the other night. Um, I've kind of noticed people are kind of getting stuff at the grocery store that pandemic and everything i went to the grocery store the other night i you know i get off at midnight so i get to actually roam around the grocery store and think a little bit and do do some shopping and and don't have to wait in line but the other night there was actually people in the grocery store believe it or not and uh i actually had to wait a little bit so and no toilet paper didn't get any toilet paper because it's all sold out luckily i have a couple of rolls and plus i might have to just go old school and use a wet cloth I need to uh, wipe anything um, off of me. But anyway, back to 88.3 WCTs. After further review, we'll talk a little bit about the coronavirus and the impact it's had on sports. And even at the University of Toledo, as we just started up the podcast, and uh, they sent out an email where students have to get off of campus by March 22nd. And pretty much they're going to go online only just so they don't spread the virus i think part of that cause is because it, it is spring break this week and people are out and about on spring break you saw what people had with the the cruises and everything like that you just don't want people to bring back stuff and infect people um i think kind of a smart move by the university of toledo but you know as usual this is a sports show and obviously this has affected sports by getting stuff a lot canceled hopefully though uh the NFL stuff doesn't get canceled, and that is the NFL draft. And we got David the Man of God Harris here on the phone lines, driving in his car. That's why you hear all that background noise. Uh, David, you got your top ten, top ten of your NFL draft. Yep, that is correct. For those men that may remember, a couple of weeks ago, I revealed my top three to much, not too much fanfare. Obviously, for those that are new to the program, I do my I do my picks based upon actual need and who I believe they should actually get. Right. Not all the hoopla. And- well, yeah, that also got to remember too. We don't know if any trades are going to happen or what's going to what's going to go down. So. Yeah. So yeah, just just to recap the top three, I did have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Chase Young. 
the defensive end from Ohio State, number one overall. I feel like he's more of a he's the best player for me in the draft over and above Joe Burrow. Although we we both agree that they're going to take Joe Burrow just because the quarterback. Everyone wants to take the quarterback number one overall. The quarterback league, everything built and centered around the quarterback as the face of the franchise. And we discussed kind of this may be the end of Andy Dalton. Time in Cincinnati as the incumbent starter. And so, while I think it's Chase Young, they're probably going to go Joe Burrow, and they'll still have like two wins this year. Number two, I have Washington taking Jeff Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Again, best available player in a position that they need. I've seen a lot of mock drafts say, well, Washington, if by some miracle they take Chase Young, does Washington just scrap the Dwayne Haskins experience to take Joe Burrow? I'm really not sold on that, but again, I hear a lot of mock drafts of Washington just saying they're not really sold. Ron Rivera's not really sold. So it would be curious just to see what Washington does with Dwayne Haskins just in general at the quarterback position, knowing that he had a rough rookie year. But then again, rookie year... In Washington, with all the craziness that they're a part of, and that whole franchise is just a train wreck. So definitely be curious of what Washington does. For my third overall pick, I had the Detroit Lions taking Joe Burrow. I think they just need to have a transition away from uh, Matt Stafford, I think. He's served them well. He's been a long-time faithful servant to the Detroit team, but I feel like a fresh start is needed for everyone. And I think if they were to take a quarterback at three, I think Burrow, if he's available, according to my, my mock draft, he would be available. So that would be kind of a solid pick for him to take, or for Detroit to take at the number three pick. All right, fine. Going into the rest of the top ten, we have the New York Giants taking Dredrick Wills, the offensive tackle from Alabama. And I, I have the Giants taking an offensive lineman mainly because this is a firm kind of – when you think New York Giants and Dave Gettleman, he loves building his offensive lineman. Last year he went with Daniel Jones at the quarterback position, so – Whenever you get a quarterback, you're always thinking that either within the next draft or two, you want to get your you want to shove your offensive lineman so that you protect your quarterback. I think Jedrick Wills for me is the best offensive tackle in the draft. A couple of people have Tristan Worse, who I have going later in my top ten, but I think for me, Jedrick Wills could be a kind of media plug and play. Boom, you throw him in there, he'll be on your offensive line, and he should hold up well for the next 10 years at least. You know, barring injury, of course. What what else, David? At the, at the number five pick, I have the Dolphins taking Tua. I feel like the entire year they've been tanking for Tua, taking for Tua. I think for them to back up from Tua now would probably cause a firestorm and someone may get fired within the Miami Dolphins organization and there'll be like just mass hysteria and calling for, yeah, 
people just uh, kind of blow this entire thing up. But, hey, if Tua's there at five and you've won the Tua for literally the past two seasons, for you to not get Tua would just be, well, one, it would be a slap in the face to a franchise that's trying to rebuild, and this is like the perfect draft for them to rebuild. But two, I mean, he's he's been your guy. So just, just go get him. It shouldn't take the whole two minutes for them to be in the war room. Granted, of course, this is without trades, and so there's been some speculation that the Dolphins may try to trade up to get two at two just to make sure that someone doesn't trade with Washington, a team like the Chargers, or even a team like the Panthers. There's been some kind of light speculation about kind of them going quarterback at two. But, but yeah, if, if I'm the Dolphins and two was there at five, no-brainer. Mm-hmm. That, that, that should be like a lock of all locks. Uh, number six, another, another lock for me, the L.A. Chargers. I think another lock for me, they should go with Justin Herbert, the quarterback from Oregon. I feel like the obviously the Phil Rivers era is over. He's been there for 9,000 years. He just needs to retire, go home to his kids. Um, and this is one I've, I understand the conversation that are, that's being had between Justin Herbert and Jordan Love, the quarterback from Utah State, in terms of who's a the Chargers should pick at six. But for me, it comes down to ball security, and that that being the number one thing if I'm a quarterback. It should be controlling the ball, making sure there are no turnovers. And while kind of all the optics all the on the field, all the attributes lean Jordan Love's way, he throws a lot of he threw a lot of interceptions. And that can, I think a lot of people are overlooking the fact that throwing these interceptions at even at a school like Utah State. Like that's gonna that carries over with you in the league. Like that mistake, that turnover pro mentality, kind of that stays with you. Now you can kind of grow out of it, and everyone's hoping that Jordan Love does grow out of it. But why spend that first year or two getting through that, kind of getting over the turnover prone mistakes that may or may not even go away? Whereas you have a guy in Justin Herbert who consistently was one of the top quarterbacks. In college football, we saw he was kind of in the conversation for Heisman for, you know, two, the last two seasons. We know his ball security is good. We know how he's proven on the big stage being in the Pac-12. So kind of the familiarity with kind of the California kind of style, maybe Anthony Lynn wants to do a little West Coast kind of thing. I just think for, for me, Justin Herbert is a more surefire pick at six at quarterback for the long term who can be that kind of Philip Rivers type for, you know, 10, 15 years over and above a guy like Jordan Love. Not saying Jordan Love is a bad quarterback. I just want someone that can protect the football. Let's keep going. At the number seven spot, the Carolina Panthers, we have Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson, with Luke Keekley's his son retirement. Best linebacker in the draft for me. Simmons, kind of safe, kind of local, best position. He can plug right in that Luke Keekley spot. And the Carolina Panthers can have their kind of cornerstone linebacker at a position that they need immediately, plug and play. He's good for the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. And he's, 
and we saw in college he's a dynamic playmaker. He he can really be a quarterback on that defensive side of the ball. So I think Simmons is, should be another lock, provided no one trades up to get him. No, that's, this, is, this is getting interesting. Keep going, David. All right, number eight, we go back to the offensive line with the Arizona Cardinals. I have them taking Tristan Wirfs, that offensive tackle from Iowa. You just got – you know Kyler Murray likes to scramble, and last year he took a lot of hits because size and just kind of the offensive line. So you want to get a young quarterback. You want to protect him. Tristan Wirfs, a lot of people think he's the best offensive tackle. Again, I think it's Jedrick Wills, but that's kind of, you know, six in one hand, half dozen in the other. If you're a young team, you want to you want to protect your offensive line. And I think plug and play, boom, he'll be on that offensive line for the next 10 to, 10 to 15 years without any problems. And, I mean, he went to Iowa, so, like, he's guaranteed at least a good 10. Mm-hmm. That uh, is true. Okay, number nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them taking Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn. A lot of people are thinking, do they go cornerback? Do they go wide receiver, knowing that their two main ones are heading into free agency after this upcoming season? So that could be a conversation of, do you go wide receiver? But I think eh, this may be a little early for C.D. Lamb, who I think is the best wide receiver in the draft. So share up the defensive line. You're getting a little older and kind of get back to what you know best, which is start with the defense, start with a good front four, front seven, continue to get pressure on the quarterback, and get back to what the Jacksonville Jaguars, kind of what made them so dominant, which was their front four. And if you can get arguably the best pass rusher interior lineman in the draft, why not? I mean, last year we saw they got a steal, so sure up that defense. And then your last pick? And the last pick, number 10, the Cleveland Browns. Ooh, this, this is going to be probably, a good one. This is going to be probably cause some questions, but I've been taking Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia. I know people are like, why go offensive line here? I just think it's good to, again, if you have a young quarterback that likes to scramble, you want to have a good offensive line. You want to have a solid offensive tackle. And then thinking about Cleveland's benefit is that they have a strong running attack. Mm-hmm. And nothing helps a running back like a solid offensive line, a tackle that can kind of get out there and get a good pancake block and, you know, knock somebody out in the open field. And I think kind of the urge for Cleveland is going to be let's go defense, let's go defense, let's continue to sure up the defensive side of the ball. I think the defense is good. Right. I mean, do you want do you want to get like a corner maybe? But then you drafted a corner last year with your top five, you know, with your number four overall pick. Do you want to go linebacker? You could, but are there really linebacker at the top ten position that you need? No. I mean, you could go C.D. Lamb wide receiver, but I mean, you have, you still have a you know ticked off Odell Beckham, and then you have Jarvis Landry. So, so really, the only position that you really need is the offensive line. Because you're not going to go punter or kicker. So it's like, take the best available player for me at the, at the position that you need, someone that can help Baker Mayfield extend his career. Why, why not? And, again, offensive tackles will be your friend. Mm-hmm. So Cleveland, play it smart. Get an offensive tackle. 
that can, again, be there for you for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah, it'll be interesting with, with, with Cleveland and what they do. Um, it looked like year two with Baker Mayfield maybe was going to be on the upswing, but instead it went down. But then again, some people say they could blame uh, Freddie Kitchens. He just wasn't the right guy in the kitchen to uh, conjure up a good recipe for uh, winning. And hopefully the culture changes. But uh, that, that'll be interesting to see what they do with that number 10 pick. Yeah. And we know that more than likely than not, they'll probably, you know, with the new staff, they'll try to, they'll, they'll try to do the analytic way kind of of picking the pick. I just think this is more of a common sense. Just don't overthink the room. But, again, it's the Cleveland Browns. So they'll, they'll do something that makes us all go like, wait, what? Why him? Yeah, that'll be interesting. Anything else? Any other thoughts before we get on off of here? I know you got to get going. It's not like the car is stopped. You're parked somewhere. Yeah, pulled over at a rest stop. You know, you know, I had to make sure that the top ten wasn't too, too clombered up by some noise. But yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting kind of just to see. I think this draft is a lot more straightforward if there aren't any trades than a couple of the drafts that we've seen recently. And so I think for a lot of teams, especially picking in the top ten, it's boom, plug and play. You know what you need. So don't overthink the room. Just kind of be smart, kind of win the draft, and help your team get out of that kind of deep, dark depths of kind of the dumpster fire. Unless you're the you know the Bengals or the Lions, and we'll we'll see you in the top ten next year anyway. So yeah, that is that is very true. Well, David, what you got going on for the weekend? You got that top ten? Obviously, actually, I got to ask you. Were you watching the XFL? I was. It was actually, like, there were a couple of players that, like, you think about some of those kind of second chance guys in terms of was in the league for a little bit, kind of the diamonds in the rough for things that didn't pan out. There are a lot of players that I'm looking like, ooh, like, this could be this could be a launching pad. So I'm thinking, I'm blanking on the name, but the tight end um, for Dallas, like, he's, he can really be that kind of Darren Feller kind of uh, breakout tight end for Oakland this year. Like, he could be a star. Like, he is unstoppable. And you think about some of the quarterbacks, like uh, P.J. Walker, who was a practice squad guy in Indianapolis. So he was behind Jacoby Brissett and Andrew Luck. Like, some of those guys that we didn't get a chance to see because they were behind, mm-hmm. like, established players. Like, like there are some teams that can – I'm sure someone's calling P.J. Walker like, hey – we got a spot for you. Think of a team like Seattle where he could back up Russell Wilson. Think about a team like Houston where he could back up Deshaun Watson. Like, there are a couple of players that we're seeing, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that could easily make that jump to being not not maybe maybe not an immediate backup in some positions, but kind of be that specialist, can kind of work his way up the roster and then become that breakout star. But yeah, I mean... There are some teams that just stink, like Tampa Bay and the New York Guardians for a certain extent. But, yeah, it's, it's good football. Mm, I don't know. The ratings have been going down. I I, 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 I guess if you say so, I, I don't know. I, I've heard it's not the best of the best. I mean, you're, you're a diehard football fan, so you, you probably watch uh, raccoons play football. But 
the fact of the matter is I heard like with Cardell Jones, they just said he was straight trash buckets. No, I mean, he was, well, I mean, it also depends on kind of thinking about how they were. Because, I mean, for a lot of people, the recognizable names are the quarterback. Right. So you have to, so you have to think about the last time you saw them. And for Cardell Jones, he really didn't look that great in the pros. But even people coming out of Ohio State, people were saying, is Cardell Jones really kind of a quarterback at the next level? Like, those kind of things. So, like, we knew Cardell Jones was, eh, okay. But, I mean, we saw that at Ohio State, and we were saying, look at all the weapons that was around Cardell Jones. He just has to, like, not screw up and just let the defense take. I mean, it's similar to with Landry Jones. Like, being a picture of Steelers fans, like, I know Landry Jones is trash. You don't have to tell me that Landry Jones isn't trash. Like, I saw him in Pittsburgh back up Big Ben Roethlisberger. Like, anyone in Pittsburgh can tell you Landry Jones is not a good quarterback. He said straight like, trash. Like, I mean, that you said that with some enthusiasm, though. Like, he really is straight paper mache, I mean, paper paper ball basket, waste basket trash. Like, you would curl him up like a like a paper basketball and throw him in the waste basket. I would. Like, last season when we were – when Big Ben went down and it was between Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, people were saying, call Landry Jones. I was like, no, do not call Landry Jones. <laughs> like, I'd, ra- I'd much rather you call Jay Cutler Ooh. than Landry Jones. Mm. Like, like that, that's how I feel about Landry Jones, and I'm not the only one. Right. So, I mean, like, there's some players that you know are bad, and then there's some that you're like, oh, this guy's good. And then it's also like, Houston's a different situation because June Jones just runs that fun and gun. Right. So, like, so for those that remember his, you know, running gun in college, like, he's going to put up 40, 50 points a game. Right. He's going to have a quarterback that can throw the deep ball. But, yeah, like, it, for me, yeah, I'm a diehard. But there's been some good games, and then, obviously, there's some teams that just like, ooh. That is true. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just I was just wondering because, I, like I said, I heard it. The, that you know the people like we'll watch the XFL and then they were like nah I don't know it's not all that great so I wanted to get your opinion on that so but no XFL this weekend because almost everything's all... canceled oh what what David yep can oh, you hear me yeah it's saying everything's canceled I don't know uh, but we'll we'll let you go not at all sports is pretty much done basically yeah kind of watch some old highlights watch some old football clips. Go back to the start of ESPN. This would be great for ESPN Classic. Yeah, there's like, a lot. There's a lot there, yeah, there's a lot of sports networks that are actually showing like games through the year, or they're showing you know their little um, specials. You know, the journey for the Big Ten Network, some thirty for thirties. I mean, you got to feel programming. Yeah, I mean, and if you're a history buff, if you want to kind of replay some of those famous games or. You just kind of want to be like me and relive that fake pass interference call and that 2000 run Fiesta National Championship game between Miami and Ohio State. That would be a good time to watch it. I don't think they're going to go back that far, David. They'll probably stay within 2010 and up. So they'll probably be celebrating that 2014 National Championship that uh, Urban Meyer won for the Buckeyes that people didn't think they were going to actually win. I mean, they'll they'll probably put that on there. But then again, they could put other stuff on there as well. Oh yeah, they got they got at least two weeks to fail. So one thing that kind of sucks though for the coronavirus was that the Penn State men's basketball team was having a really good season, and uh, obviously that's kind of down the toilet because the NCAA tournament's been canceled. Yeah, 
kind of stinks. But yeah, there are a lot of colleges that I know are pretty miffed. But that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. So uh, that is right. Well, well, David, man, have a good weekend, man. And, All right, see you next week. Stay healthy. All right, you too. Yep. That was David, the man that got here. It's here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, you can always check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. He's got a picture of Frank Vasters and the horse's head and it's WXUT's After Further Review. We only had two segments today with David and Frank. Pretty much going to be podcast with the University of Toledo's building being close. So we don't know next time we're going to get in the studio. But for David and Frank, we'll see you guys when we see you. Peace. We're out. See you guys next week.